Hello guys, good evening. Welcome to Let's Talk About It. Tonight the topic is about is, are you scared to go to a GP uh, or are you scared to go to the hospital because of COVID-19? And the other good news today, we have a guest speaker tonight, Becky McFallon. She's a GP and she works, now she works in the clinic, sexual health and family planning clinic in Glasgow. She's here tonight to take, to listen and take some questions from the audience. Please, Becky, would you say something, a few words about your... Thank you. No, it's really nice to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation tonight. I really appreciate what you're doing, Nico. And uh, yeah, it's been something I've been concerned about over the last, what is it now? Nine months, isn't it? I suppose nearly nine months, eight and a half months we've been in this situation. Um, that people are able to get the healthcare they need. And I realise that it's not always happening. So, um, but I think that's really good. There's good things, there's good stories, and there's not so good stories. So it's really good to hear people's experience. Yes, Charles, go ahead. Um, let's hear what uh, what's your views on this. As I said the first time, but it's the second time. If it is talking about uh, fear going to the GP, for me, I see it the other way around. It's actually the restrictions which have been put in place by the mm. GP surgeries, such that uh, we are not allowed. In my experience, I can't walk in because the GP surgery right, right specifically sort of suggest that I think there is a criteria I would say otherwise you are given that the consultation or whatever it is would only be on uh, I mean a phone kind of arrangement but I don't think actually I was meant to have got a flu vaccine they scheduled it for a particular date so I, I didn't have any fear and I think Every place has got a risk, but I don't think the GP surgeries would present more risk to me. So I don't have any, in general terms, fear of going to, to the GP. Oh, thank you. Can I say that? Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah because I think because yeah, GPs are professionals and they know they operate under a certain I mean, a contact. So, I mean, you should not fear, I mean, to go and sing because there is no way you can give you wrong information because that, that, will, ask, that will affect the whole body of the, you know, the medical profession. So they are professional. So they quite said that they would give you accurate information in such a way that there is no way you can go because any person can complain and it will affect the whole you know, it, 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 I mean, the whole medical framework. Mm -hmm. So it's, we should not be afraid of, because they are account, accountable. Yeah. So I mean, right. that's my opinion that I wouldn't, I wouldn't oh, feel that maybe you can give you, there is no way the GP will give you wrong information. It will be it's just one out of a million to say I, I was ill-advised by a GP for a GP didn't, because that would be a very cynical, serious crime actually for the GP, for the GP in his, uh, in his work, if, if a, uh, a patient complains or if he actually gave wrong information, which is misleading. 
Thank you so much, uh, Gilbert. Um, just to be, just a note, just please, when we are talking, you please don't disclose your personal. Uh, what uh, we're not talking about people's illnesses. We're just sharing about um, the, if you had a fear to go to the GP, or if you've got any story about the coronavirus. And I mean, if you've been scared and stuff no, like that. I got it in in addition to what I I said actually. For me, on the other hand, rather than me fearing going to the GP surgery, I think the I've created an impression that they more or less fear me as a patient going in there. As, yeah. as if I'm going to actually uh, spread the virus. You see, there is that kind of atmosphere where on one hand, you, 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 are, you, you are actually reluctant, you want to go. But yeah. for them, it's just like their, their, their shutter is there on the door. They don't want somebody to go in in case it takes the virus in. The coronavirus. Thank you, Charles. Oh, maybe make a can I make a comment, Nico? Sorry, yes, I, don't, I can't, go, actually yeah, can't mute myself ahead. on my phone, so I'm not sure how to do it. So I'm just sitting here quietly no, without no. muting myself. But yeah, just a couple of comments. Really, that's really helpful to know, uh, Charles, your experience, because I suppose in a way that's what I'm kind of been a bit fearful of over the past few months. That. Um, the it, we get that people are getting that impression that ironically uh we had this slogan you know protect the nhs but actually of course the nhs is there to be used so um ironically people were protecting the nhs by not using it um when in fact there are people who need to be going to their gp or need to be at you know going to a and e or going to another clinic where they need to go to or whatever, they actually need to be getting there. And um, I suspect that although obviously the, in general, GPs have tried to, and other health clinics have tried to find a way to make it as accessible as possible for people, that some have become less accessible than others. And because unfortunately there's no standard way, it's still about personalities, it's still about different people's, you know, ways of operating. So, it, as you say, there'll be some people who, like yourself, feel that actually you're not really wanted, that you're being almost pushed away. <laughs> and that makes me sad to hear that. No, the, the point in play here is, say, for example, I've had uh, one of the problems sort of which has been a historical thing. And I don't fear to say it, it's something which had depression and so forth. But then over many years, there were arrangements put in place so that I would have actually specifically seen a team from within or otherwise be uh, evaluated by within the general surgery. But it, it looks to me that what they took into in, account was my historical explanation and without actually assessing completely, I was put on a prescription. So it's just like on overall, I was leading my own kind of care as if I was a better place than a GP would be. In these circumstances, if it is something which is related to mental problems, which I've had on and off on and off, I explained, I started Hoping centrally before in the 90s, went to uh, metazepine, was the last one. Then now it's just like uh, GP chose instead of me going to, to have a, a word with them, 
although they had, they had referred me to a specific place, they just then prescribe a, a, a cyclobam, a something like that. Which, okay, I mean, on one hand, I'm just taking a risk, a gamble. But I'm not in a better place. A GP would actually would have invited me for a much better assessment rather than me giving the history and then they just come up with this kind of medication for me. To what we said last week, mm. I am comfortable going to the GP other than going to Tesco or Asda or just walking in the mall. Why? Because the GP is a place which I believe it's, it's just like saying, are you comfortable? I mean, it's just like saying, how comfortable are you walking into a police station or walking on the high street? By police station, everyone, when you talk about police station, everyone thinks about crime thinks about murderers, thinks about, you know, all those kind of connotatives in your mind because of the word police station. It's the same thing with the GP. A GP is well secured place where I know there is sanitizing going on in there. I'm guaranteed there is fumigation going in there. I'm so guaranteed that whoever is even working in there, they've got a mask. Unlike walking into Tesco's, some don't have masks, some don't care, and some touch stuff, you know, everyone can touch anything that he wants to buy and put it back in there. I've done that. You understand? And there's no sanitizing going on in there. So I personally, the GP, if we could go and hide in the GP premises, trust me, I would go, other than going to hide in Tesco's. Yeah, thank you. And if you look at Tesco's, how many times do that, those floors, how many times are they cleaned? Mm. Maybe once. They clean it in the morning before we walk in and then in the evening after we have left. Once, twice a day. But the GP premises, every now and then, they make sure something is being done. Be it the toilets, be it, be it the door handles themselves. So I think... I'm better off at a GP practice than anywhere else. Okay. So I won't be scared to go and look for solace at the at the at the GP premises. None. I'll go running. Trust me. Oh, They're actually you. scared of me because they don't know where I'm coming from. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know if I've sanitized. They don't even know if even if I use the Uber to go in there. The Uber door, that door. I'm not the first one to use that Uber car. You understand? Mm. So many people have been using it since morning, and there I am, two o'clock. I'm in the Uber, and as soon as it comes, it's not sanitized. That door is not sanitized. You understand? They are actually scared of me bringing the virus in there. That's why, as soon as I leave, they clean all those services, so they don't trust me. Mm. So I think I think I would rather go to the hospital. I mean, to the GP. The hospital is another class. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thank you, uh, thank you, Marin. Yeah. That's really yeah. helpful. Um, yeah, I think the purpose of this kind of chat is kind of like build up confidence to other people who might be listening somewhere.
so that is good to go um, to the GP and hospital. But again, to sharing stories like, if you had any story like Charles was telling, sharing a very, very um, um, interesting story. So if you've got anything you want to share with us or want to ask Becky some questions, please do. Um, but the thing, like I was saying even last week, that um, um, I like the way the system is being done, where you, although when you phone the GPs, the receptionist um, is like they investigate you first, mm. where sometimes um, yeah, it's, a, it's a male person mm. and you've got a female thing going on and you don't feel comfortable to be talking mm. to a male guy about mm. a female problem. And they'll mm. be like, um, I'm sorry. I'm like, I need to talk to the GP because mm -hmm. the problem I have, I need the GP. Mm -hmm. So if it's a male guy and he doesn't understand, chances of you speaking to the GP are very, very slim. Mm -hmm. With myself, the last time I ended up just walking in and talking to the lady that you know I phoned in this morning half past eight I needed to speak to the GP because I know that if I explain to her what the situation is she will know what to do and what to advise me so I told him that you know sometimes um if the if we women are telling the guys that I can't really explain my situation to you I would rather have a female to speak to sometimes they don't even give you that opportunity to to speak to a female receptionist mm. and then um when it's when you're lucky enough when you get through and you've got a problem i think it's good that they put the system of the gp ringing you first and then um, with the GP as well, if it's a situation where they need to see, they video call you. And if they feel that, okay, you need to come in, they will see you. It's been quite good. And one thing I'm really happy about is with my daughter, when you're a mom and your child is sick, you want the doctor to see the child. So you can be reassured that it's fine. Mm. So I've had a good experience every time. My daughter doesn't really go to the GPs that much. It was probably twice a year. But um, I was really desperate for my daughter to see the GP. And just after explaining what was going on, they got to see her and I had to rush her to the children's hospital after that. Mm. So it was actually good. And the experience at the GP, um, one thing I'm happy about, there's actually less people inside the surgery. So the two meter distance thing is working perfectly in the GPs, just like my sister was saying there about Tesco's. Tesco's right now, everything I get in Tesco's before I pack it, I sanitize everything. I've got the extent of sanitizing even a banana because I don't know how many people touch that banana. It's really just so sanitizing. So buying things in the shop, you need the stuff. But at the same time, 
you can't stay away without having the stuff. With me, I'm a, I eat fruits like crazy. Even an orange, I will wipe it down or wash it down first before I pack it. So anything I sanitize and it gives me peace of mind when I know that, okay, I've sanitized it. And it's, I think this Corona has just been, it's been crazy. It's been stressful. It's been depressing. And I just keep praying that 2021 is going to be better than this year. This year has been a nightmare. But people... True. The GP is, is the safest place to go to. Don't be scared to go to the GPs. It's much safer. Thank you. Thank you so much, Margaret. That really, really, really makes um very interesting. I, I like the the, the 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 thing of cleaning bananas and stuff. I have to put my hand up. I'm, sometimes I forgot these kind of small things, you know. They really clean a lot. I confess so. I don't clean bananas. <laughs> <laughs> No, because you're going to touch it when you peel it. So you don't know what, how many people have touched it. Sure. Mm. I suppose mm. my take on some of that is that, um, interestingly, a few months ago, I was on another call with Nico on another meeting, and you were saying, Nico, that you're concerned mm. about people's mental health during this time, and also mm. about people becoming fearful, for example, of going outside with their children, like in the spring and summer when it was nice to go out, people were not going out because... They were fearful of going out. And I think a lot of these things are about balance and about trying to think in your own head what are the actual like things that can affect you or give you the virus. Mm. Um, so I suppose um, I think I'm probably naturally quite a laid back person. So I have to take that into account. Everyone has their own personality and you have to be true to your own personality. But um, with my my logic is that the virus can only affect you through your nose eye, eyes nose and mouth basically it only is a it's a respiratory virus so it can only infect you through your eyes nose and mouth it can't affect you by something directly that you eat although obviously because it's your mouth you know yeah fair enough yeah. it's going to be near your mouth you could breathe it in um but actually touching things as such is not a danger to you it, the only danger is if you then touch something that's got the virus on it and then you put your hand to your mouth or you rub your eyes potentially so um i suppose in a way that helps me to think yeah it, touching things as such is not dangerous if you say if you touch something and then you wash your hands or you put sanitizer on before you then go anywhere near your face it's mm. entirely safe um, a bit like if you were going along the street and you saw some rubbish and you thought, oh, I really hate seeing rubbish on the street. It's just something personal to me. So I, <laughs> and I sometimes pick up rubbish from the street on the way back from dropping my daughter at school and put it in the bin. Mm. And okay, I might have something from that rubbish even before all COVID and everything, just in normal times, you know? But I would go home and I would put my hand at my side and not, I think to myself, I cannot touch my face with my, that hand, you know? And I go home in the door, use my other hand to get my key out, get in the door, go into the bathroom and wash that hand. So I know that actually I cannot catch anything because there's nothing magical about skin. You can't catch anything through your skin. Your skin has got, you know, lots of defenses on it. it you can't catch it through your skin. So I think in a way that helps me to kind of keep a bit of perspective. 
and also about being outside as well. So I know it's not great in Scotland, especially. I don't know where you are, Margaret. Sorry, but I don't. Or everybody is. I'm in Scotland. I use Scotland as well. Yeah, I mean the weather yeah. is everywhere in the UK has been quite wild. Mm. Um, so, but when going outside and meeting a friend for a walk or going out to the park if it's nicer weather or whatever, um, you. Yeah, that's one of the best things you can do in terms of like, I think your health, your mental health and physical exercise and just mm. and, and socially as well. So, I mean, certainly that's something that's been really keeping me going through this whole time is going with my daughter to the park and uh, maybe chucking some balls in a basket or kicking the ball or whatever. And just having that exercise and that fresh air has been brilliant. And um, I, I'm sad if people feel, oh, we literally have to stay in the house all day every day because even under kind of most severe lockdown conditions you know unless you're actually shielding or self-isolating because you've actually got symptoms that's different but if it's in gen the general run of things it's good to get outside and get some fresh air and just see the trees and you know it just gives you a different it helps your mind I think as well as well as your physical health um I think with myself what messed me up more mentally is because um, when the um, lockdown went, um, I was in shielding and spending those four months in the house mm -hmm. and watching the news already with mental health issues, it yeah. just made it worse. And then my daughter had to go into shielding because the teacher had, uh, tested positive. So we had to spend another two weeks in the flat. Mm. and not going out and now going out to be honest with you i'm panicking more being outside and mm, sure. right now being inside as well mentally it's not really been good for me it's been mm. really really bad but then um struggling with struggling to breathe and having to wear a mask it's harder. Although mm. you, when I'm told, okay, you don't wear a mask because you struggle to breathe already because it's asthmatic. Um, I'm more of, okay, if I go into the shop and I'm not wearing a mask and somebody just sneezes in my face, that's me done. And then I'm thinking, okay, then I'm not safe out there. I'm more mm. safer in the house because mm. in the house, I don't have to wear a mask. I can breathe better and I open my windows every day. So it's kind of difficult. And then mm. you find, I think what upset me more um, when my daughter had to isolate is I'm forced to isolate in the house with her because I'm her carer. Mm -hmm. And then how am I supposed to get food shopping? You've been told to stay stuck in the house. You don't have any food shopping. You need milk for the child. You need bread for the child. And that really messed me up mentally because I couldn't get out to get anything. Yeah. So it would have been fair if they found a way to get us just the main basics because your child is being isolated. So it's it was really difficult. Hmm. It depends, yes. doesn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're in a place where you don't know anyone, where you don't have any close friends around you, near you, you know, who could do that for you. That Somebody mentioned that, I think, Nico, didn't they, on the podcast last Monday? They said the same yeah. sort of thing. 
um, where actually if you don't have any close friends or neighbors that you can trust to get you some things or able to get you some things then you can end up in that situation where you yeah. can't access the national kind of shielding help because there is help out there i think across the whole uk for certainly in scotland anyway for people who are actually shielding that you can phone a number and they will help you with your shopping and your prescriptions and that sort of thing. But if you're just, if you're self-isolating, that doesn't apply. So yeah. if you don't, unless you have friends or you're a part of a church or a faith group or, you know, something like that, you know, or a colleague, if you're working or, you know, to, to do that sort of thing for you, then you can be really stuck. Uh -huh. You can, you're in a, like a, between a rock and a hard place. Which do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> do I go out or do I not go out? Or, you know, it's really hard. About okay, the masks, I think that's been really difficult as well. I sympathise with that. I think a lot of people have been really struggling with the mask thing. Um, yeah. So I think, certainly I suppose one thing I've always had in my mind about masks is that, of course, throughout all time since we've had masks in existence, hospital surgeons and nurses working in operating theatres have always mm. worn masks. Mm. You know, if you're, doing a, if you're doing an operation, you might be in there for six hours, eight hours, um, hopefully taking a bit of a break for some food but you know you literally you're you're wearing your mask for hours on end and many medical staff also have asthma or also have other conditions um, they probably aren't very severe because they're working obviously but they have asthma so you know I think in a way it's also um, trying to reassure yourself that actually you can many people who are not totally sure about masks can probably wear them um it's mm. just having to get used to the concept and the, and the kind of feel of having a mask on even i i find i can affect it i breathe more shallowly when i have a mask on and i have to sort of stop myself because i start getting lightheaded i need to yeah. stop and actually take some really deep breaths i mean i have to wear a mask all the time when i'm working anyway yeah and i need to stop i just sort of, whew, take a breath out take some big deep breaths clear my, my head you know and actually yeah. relax a bit because a lot of the breathing thing with masks i think is actually tension is actually nervous tension thank you for listening and thank you so much and i just want to say a big big thank you for becky for coming to join us tonight and all the audience who are here tonight and who join in thank you so much your support means a lot for those you missed it you can still catch us on spotify which means that's where you are now just support us. Leave your comments below. That will help us to do better. Another thing, now we know that you can go to your GP. Don't fear to go in the GP. You can go to the hospital. It's actually much safer in the hospital and the GP than Tesco and Asda, if you can think about it, right? So, yeah, stay safe.